Welcome to the Generic True Crime Podcast. All criminal cases mentioned in this podcast are real events. Hello. Hi. I'm Nicole. And I'm Nick. And welcome to Generic True Crime Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So it's Easter Sunday, the day that we're recording. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to those who celebrate. Did the Easter Bunny bring you anything? Not this year. Me neither. Yeah. I'm the Easter Bunny, by the way. I didn't bring you anything. I'm sorry. (laughs) It doesn't feel like Easter this year. I mean, we're still... I honestly forgot it was Easter when I woke up. Yeah, I I did too. Yeah. It had been a couple hours and I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's Easter. And I grew up Catholic, so... Jesus is not happy. <laughs> Shame on you. Shame on me. So, do you like spooky stories? Well, obviously, because we <laughs> this is our podcast. Yeah, but the one we're going to cover today to me is a little... It's probably the spookiest one by far. This one is the spookiest one that we have covered, in my opinion. That's right. So today we're going to cover the Hinterkaifeck murders. And I'm sorry about the pronunciations in advance. We are advance. not native German speakers. Right. This is a murder that happened in Germany. So uh, we will do our best in pronunciating uh, the names and names of the town. But yeah, let's get into it. So as I said, today we're covering the Hinterkaifeck murders. Um, this was a murder that happened nearly 100 years ago. And this happened on or believed to have happened on March 31st, 1922. Uh, It is the murder of a family and resulted in six victims. Uh, First, there was the father of the household, um, Andreas Gruber, age 63. And then Tazilia Gruber? That's what I thought, too. And also, can I point out, so she was nine years older than him, which I didn't think that happened, like... Maybe I'm just naive, but I'm like, hey, get it, girl. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Tazelia Gruber, age 72. Uh, their daughter, a widowed, a widower um, named Victoria what Gabriel. Should be just a widow, right? Women are widows. They aren't widowers. Women. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that correction. Widow. Victoria Gabriel, age 35, and her two children, uh, Tazelia, age 7, and her son, Joseph, age 2. And also who was murdered was their maid, uh, Maria Baumgarter, age 44. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the family here. I'm also going to point out that, so Victoria, she had two kids. Um, her oldest daughter, that was, she had her oldest daughter with her first husband. Um, and then she had a, her son, Yosef, he was two. So Yosef was two, and Yosef and uh, Tizilia, they did not have the same dads. Um, Victoria's husband had passed away before Yosef was born. Um, and Victoria was the only one that was kind of liked in this family. The, the family, they were kind of like seen as cold. They didn't really socialize with the people of the town except for Victoria. Um, also, um, the dad, Andreas, he was known for being, or he was thought to being, like, he was really harsh, mean, and some people even thought abusive towards his family. Um, 
So I had read this in one article, but I couldn't find any anything else to confirm it. But I had heard that Andreas and um, Tazilia, the the grandma, that they had other kids, but like there's really no mention of them. So it's like, did Andreas do something, or like th- did the kids just not want to be? Involved? Maybe they just wanted to cut themselves off. Yeah, they from want, him. Yeah, want to cut themselves out of the life. Um, but. Anyway, so Andreas, he was seen as, like, really grumpy. And also, people kind of thought he was, like, obsessed with his daughter, Victoria. Um, and some people even thought that uh, Victoria's son, um, Yosef, he was a product of incest from Andreas and his daughter, Victoria. Which, I don't know if I believe that. I feel like that could have just been, like, small, ta- small town talk. Gossip. Yeah, gossip. Because this is a small town. Um, smaller Okay, so also the family, they were doing okay financially. I don't know if they were exactly, like, loaded, but they, they were doing okay. Um, and one more thing, um, so Victoria was also well-liked because she sang in the church's choir. Um, apparently she was a really good singer. And now we're going to talk about the location of the family farm. Um, the family farm was called Hinterkaifeck, and it's about 70 kilometers or 43 miles north of Munich, Germany. Hinter means behind, so it's kind of like, I'm thinking they kind of live, like, behind the main main area of um, Kaifak, or maybe, like, in the outskirts of Kaifak. Um, and now, we're going to talk about the events that were leading up to this murder. So, the family did have a previous maid before they had Maria. I couldn't find the previous maid's name. Um, but she had actually left um, the house and she quit abruptly because she thought that she was like hearing voices. She thought that the house was haunted. She was claiming that. That's right. She thought she heard um, people talking. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she thought she had seen things as well. I, I did not. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she had seen things, but I had read that she had heard things. Yeah, she had heard people talking. Um, so she thought that the house was haunted. Yes. So we're going to put a mental bookmark in that part about the house being potentially haunted. Um, And one night it had um, snowed and Andreas was walking around the farm the next morning and he had noticed a set of footprints leading up to the house, which this part like just creeps me out so much. He saw one like set of um, footprints leading up to the house and none leaving the house. That's right. Um, Oddly strange. If I had seen that, I would suspect that somebody had... Um, tried getting into my house mm-hmm, or yeah. had actually succeeded in that because of the fact that there weren't any foot, footsteps um, leading away leading from away. the house. Yeah. So Andreas, he had tried, to, he was like investigating around to see like, okay, is there foot, you know, footprints somewhere else that, you know. Yeah, like where, where is this going? Where is this leading to? Yeah, so he, he did some investigating and he couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, very creepy. Um, he had also noticed that there was a lock on the family shed. And it had been tam- tampered with. It looked like someone was trying to like trying to break into the lock to get into the to the shed. Well, I believe I also read that um, the keys to that lock were missing. Yes, later on that they they were missing. Um, which I think I don't know if that's necessarily like evidence that support a crime because I mean like, you know people lose keys all the time. But I think that see if I was him, uh, I would just think like somebody had succeeded in like. Or I would think that, like, okay, first it's being tampered with, next the keys have gone missing, that somebody had taken them, yeah, and like, it was the same person who had tried messing with it. Yeah, if I was Andreas, I would probably assume that. Like, it's, like, those two things are really closely related. I don't know, I mean, I you know me, I lose my keys all the damn time. I do time. too. So, um, 
I don't know if that's... I mean, I feel like them both, like, they kind of help each other to mm-hmm. be part of evidence. But anyway, so um, the keys were missing. The and That was um, after the lock had been tampered with. And this was also another piece of evidence. I don't know if I buy it that much, but the family had received a, a newspaper that they weren't expecting. And I couldn't find evidence. I couldn't find anything about the, the newspaper, like if it was written in a different language that nobody spoke or if it was. So from what I read, um, they didn't subscribe to any newspapers. So they thought that perhaps like the mailman or mail person had mistakenly delivered it. But I believe they had asked later on about it and they had said like, no, we didn't do that. Like we didn't drop that off for you. I don't know if I still buy that. Like, I want proof of what it was. Like, okay. So well, was... I think this just goes back to the fact that, like, okay, there is, like, a trail of footprints leading up to the house, but not leading away from the house. The shed had been tampered with, and then the keys suddenly go missing. Um, and then out of nowhere, this mysterious newspaper, newspaper appears. It could be from the suspected killer, or in this case, they had thought killers, possibly more than mm-hmm. one person. Mm-hmm. It was also believed that, um, going back to the house being haunted, that the reason behind that is because there had been people actually living with them um, prior to the murder, and for about six months, I believe, um, yeah, that people had been living with them, and had been hiding away in either the home or the barn. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to um, bookmark that and talk about that later, but I still don't buy the whole newspaper thing. I just think it, it was it came from the, the killer or killers. I, I, I mean, I get that. Especially if they were living there. Maybe, like, well, maybe they were, like, leaving the house and then coming back. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I just... It, I, we don't know. It's a mystery. I need to know why, like... I mean, it would help if it was... If they told us, like... Even what language it was in, or... Well, I mean, yeah, I just suspected that it was in the same language, and that's why it didn't really arouse much, like, suspicion from him, and he just thought it was delivered by mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he had actually gone to the um, office worker, post office worker, been like, hey, did you drop anything off? And they're like, no, mm-hmm. we didn't. So, um, that's odd. But, yeah, like I said, I'm not convinced yet. Um... But the, one of the last things that um, was kind of leading up to this was that Andreas started hearing um, noises, too. He, he was hearing noises in the house. And this man was not superstitious. So he, um, you know, he naturally wouldn't think it was ghosts. But he actually started to believe, like, he's like, okay, I'm hearing these voices. I'm like, he's like, there's a presence here. And he actually told people that he thought the house was haunted. Um and I had read, I think this was kind of Andreas's big fault. Like, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But he didn't report. Like, he told, like, neighbors about some of the odd things. But he didn't really go he to He didn't the report this to the police. Yeah. The reason behind that is because of the fact that the town they lived in was considered, like, a safe small town. So he didn't really see any reason to do that. No town is smaller safe than that. <laughs> no town. Well, back then it was. <laughs> According to Andreas, at least. Yep. Old Andreas. Okay, so now... We're going to talk about the crime. So, March 31st, 1922. I actually, when I was writing my notes, I put 2022, and I'm like, shit. Oh, I put 1992, so don't worry. 1992, what? (laughs) Yeah, and then I was like, wait, that's not correct. No, definitely not. So, March 31st, 1922 was the last time that anybody could say that they saw the Grubers alive. Um, And you said that the, um, the maid, this was her first day. Yeah, so the maid, Maria Baumgarten, um, this was her first day on the job. 
Um, she was dropped off, I believe, by her sister, um, and she is actually believed to be the last person to have seen them alive. That part just, like, creeps me out. Like, whenever someone's like, the last person to see them alive. Yeah, no, it's definitely creepy. It's definitely creepy. For sure. So, okay, so March 31st was the last time anyone had seen them alive, and the events that had taken place the next few days were kind of, like, a little eh, so... Um, the daughter, the youngest daughter, Tetsilia, she was not in school and, like, nobody had called her in. Um, the mail was stacking up um, at the post office. And what's the last thing that I wrote? Oh, sorry about that, guys. Oh, so um, the oldest daughter, um, like, as you mentioned earlier, she was part of the church choir. Mm-hmm. And it, she didn't show up, which is something she would regularly attend yeah church was like her her thing and like from what i'm gathering about this family like this was kind of like her weekly excuse to get out of the house and get away from like yeah her creepy dad yeah so just with all those three things people started like questioning like okay it's weird we haven't seen them what's going on Mm -hmm, exactly exactly um so the neighbors they were like okay let's go let's go check on them which I feel like some neighbors probably didn't want to check on them because, like, they were that creepy, you know, like, not that creepy, but they were kind of like the family nobody liked. Yeah, and they're just like, I guess it's our duty as good neighbors to check mm-hmm. on them. Which I want to ask you, is there, was there a neighbor in your in your neighborhood growing up that was like that? Where Like, like what, the disliked neighbor? Yeah, they were disliked, or, or maybe there, there was even crazy rumors about them. No, no, everyone either kept to themselves or they got along pretty well. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's but pretty cool. What about you? Um, let me. Uh, there was like one house. Um, the haunted house. I don't. Maybe it was haunted. I'm it was joking. creepy as hell. So like, the house was just like really big, and there's only like, eh, I think three people lived in it. But first of all, I think it was like one of those houses that was like, I think they were like hoarders because like you could see like things just stacked up on the windows. Um, the two main people, the the um the dude and the woman mm-hmm. they were married um who owned the house it, like they looked um oh my god they they looked like straight out of like the 80s but like it was just like stereotypical 80s like the woman had like bright blue eyeshadow and like hair that was like mm. stacked really high with hairspray and mm-hmm. then this was also like the last time i saw them was maybe 2010 and she was still dressed like that she was dedicated very dedicated and she was just yeah like they were just like kind of like kind of creepy and weird and they weren't just i got like we had this big block sale got vibes from them yeah i got vibes bad vibes we had this big block sale every year for garage sales Mm -hmm. and like every i mean maybe this was like the like hoarding tendencies but like they would sell stuff but they would sell stuff really high like garage sales you know like maybe they were just like borderline hoarders because of the fact that they were like attempting to sell things whereas they i feel like if they were true hoarders, they would no, they yeah. wouldn't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember. Um, this doesn't really add to the creepy. This just kind of adds to like my not liking them. So this was um, you know, like I said, block sale. They had a big sign that said like free stuff and pointing to like a big bin. Mm-hmm. And so I go over there and I'm like, okay, what's for free? And it's it's literally garbage. Like, like there was a cracked CD, you know, like in the days when we used to burn CDs. Yeah, there was like a cracked CD that you couldn't use. Interesting. And there was just like like toys that were broken, and I'm like, okay, like you guys don't have kids, why do you have broken toys? Yeah, it's weird. It was I'm just like, hmm. I felt cheated that they they tried to bring me in with these this free stuff, and it was literally garbage. Yeah, that sucks. 
Anyway, we just got off topic. Sorry for our tangent. I know. We just got off topic. But anywho, so the, the neighbors, they did go and check on the Groovers. They went to the farm. And when they got there, they noticed that the farm the farm was, like, eerily quiet and eerily still. Well, I believe there was reports of, like, they did hear, like, the farm animals and the family dog. Yeah, so the farm animals, they did. They noticed that the farm animals, they were all taken care of. And yeah, dog, that's another thing. Yeah, like, the, the dog was barking. The dog was outside, which was a family, like, an indoor house indoor dog that kept was kept in the house but when the neighbors got there the dog was tied up outside well it was believed that the murderer or murderers like had like supposedly stayed um in the house for three days after Mm -hmm. the killings yeah Yeah. um we're in we'll bookmark that and talk about that um yeah so like they get to the farm everything's just eerily like there's no sign of human life the animals are taken care of the human life is like it's just it's like there's no humans there so they go into the barn, and that's where they make the painful discovery. Um, they see the bodies of Andreas, um, the grandma Cecilia, Cecilia, Victoria, and the her oldest daughter Cecilia. They're all stacked in, and they're covered with Victoria. Straw. Victoria, sorry. Yeah, yeah, they're all stacked on top of each other and covered with hay. Um, and according to autopsies, uh, the victims were killed with a. Matic, I believe it's pronounced, which is a hand tool used in farming. Okay. Yeah, and as you mentioned, um, they discovered the bodies all stacked on top of one another, covered in hay. I wonder why they were covered in hay. Like, they say some murderers, like, they'll cover the body, like, if it's in-house, like, with a sheet. Like, you think it's, like, similar? Like, they're covering it That's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. So they were covered, and then um, the maid, Maria, and youngest son, Yosef, was, uh, found in their bedrooms. Um, Maria, I believe, had her head bashed in, and Yosef had his face bashed in. Can I also say, this was Maria's first day. Yeah. I think she goes down in history for having the very first, or the very worst first day of work ever. (laughs) Oh, of course. Yeah, so according to the autopsy reports, um, the elder, Tavilia, showed signs of strangulation and had seven blows to the head. Uh, leaving her with a cracked skull. Andreas, his face was caked in with blood and his cheekbones were protruding. Victoria's skull was also smashed and her head had nine star-shaped wounds. And the right side of her face was hit with a blunt object. And then the younger Tazelia, uh, her lower jaw had been shattered. Oof, that, that's really rough. Yeah. Um. And speaking of the, going back to young Tazelia, um... It's theorized that she actually didn't die right away, and she actually may have torn out, like, some of her own hair while she was laying there suffering and dying, um, and was alive for several hours before dying from shock. That is so creepy. Um, it's also thought that, like, the, each of the um, four people that were killed in the barn, they were kind of lured out one by one. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's like, so they would say, like, the first one will come out to the barn, and then... The murderer would kill him. And then maybe the, the mom. The mom is taking them so long. I'm going to go check it out. Because it's like the last one was probably just like, what the hell is going on out there? Yeah, like where are they? What's taking them so long? Yeah. And then also, so I, I wrote in my notes, I questioned why were the maid and, well, I understand why Yosef would be inside. You know, he's too, he's not going to go out and check. What's well, he was on. in his crib, so I don't yeah. know if he was like napping and then... Well, so it's thought that this happened, like, in the, like, evening time. Because I think maybe one or two was in, one or two of the people were in bedtime clothes. Okay, yeah, Maria was in her bed. Okay, so, um, 
that makes sense. Um, and we're gonna, this is something that was just really, this, this adds to the creep factor about it. So someone had been living in the house um, during the murders, which that... Yeah, no, it was suspected so that creepy. the killer killers were staying with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the neighbors had claimed that they had seen signs of life coming from the farm the past few days. They said that they saw smoke coming from the chimney. Like the animals had been fed. Like it's not like, because this was between, this was April 4th, which the day we are re- recording on April 4th. So 99, 99 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, who, the animals had been fed recently and they had saw evidence that like someone had recently eaten in the kitchen that's right so that's just that's just so i wrote in capital capital letters eerie yeah definitely spooky crazy to think of yeah so nearly a hundred years later uh with over a hundred suspects and two prime suspects um no one was ever ever charged with this Mm -hmm. so it's it's a mystery Mm mm-hmm I'm going to talk about two of the main suspects that came out of this. Um, so we have Carl Gabriel. Gabriel. I don't know if, however they pronounce it. But he is actually the dead husband of Victoria. Um, and he had died in World War I. Um, and people thought that like he had come back for revenge because his wife had had another kid with another man. And um, But that, that was proven wrong because... Even though... He was proved to have died in war. Yeah, he was proved to have died in war. Like, his body was never brought back, but um, the authorities had interviewed people who had um, worked with Carl in the army, and they're like, no, we saw him die. Like, even though there's there's no body right now, we saw him die. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of ruled out. Um, and then our... this I actually think this is the dude who did it. Um, Lauren, Lawrence Schlittenbauer, which, can I say... His last name is so fun to say, Schlittenbauer. <laughs> okay, so um, he was actually believed to be the father of Yosef. Um, and he actually, he cl- he claimed paternity, but he took that back when he realized that, like, you have to pay money for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know if he started this rumor, if he was the one to start the rumor, or if he just kind of fed fire to it. But he claimed that Yosef was um, a product of incest. Um, he was a neighbor, and he did have a relationship with Victoria, like, he was married beforehand. I think his wife died in, like, 1918. Oh, is, they were dating? Yeah. Yeah, they had a relation. They were oh. dating. I don't know how serious it was. I didn't read that. Yeah, I don't know how serious it was. But they had a relationship. During the initial discovery, Schlittenbauer handled the mangled bodies, like, with no problem. Like, he he had no, like, the body, their heads were bashed in. And he was just kind of like, la di da di da The other neighbors. <laughs> it didn't faze him that they were all dead and he's just <laughs> over here manhandling their bodies it didn't face him and also this is something i didn't write this in my notes but this is something that i know from reading about you know serious or not even serial just murders sometimes the murderer will kind of want to be involved in like the cleanup or in the investigation isn't there that old saying like they always return to the scene of the crime yeah so i'm just like hmm this could be i mean this isn't the the only thing that's making him a suspect but you know it's a little suspicious mm-hmm. um and he also knew the house um, layout. So, yeah, he knew the house layout pretty well. And, like, not just, like, like rooms. Like, he knew that, like, you could get inside the house from the barn. Um, he knew, like, the maid's room. You had to open it a certain way. It just didn't open, like, a certain That's right. So he, he, he knew how to use the handle, which I thought, okay, I'm like, also not 
That's not the only piece of evidence to, to say he's the killer, because he did have a relationship with Victoria. He did, but why would he need to know, like, how to open, like, the maid's room? The maid's room, room yeah. That, that part, I'm just like, hmm. like, obviously, probably know Victoria's room, you know, if they're sneaking around. And if she was in the room sleeping, then clearly somebody had to know how to open the door to get in, because there was no, like, signs of, like, a forced entry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was no sign of a forced entry. Um, and he, so, and he also had a horrible alibi for that night. Um, he said that he had actually slept in his own barn that night because he had he had a feeling that something wasn't right, which is like that's that's a horrible alibi. And also, he had really bad allergies. So if you have bad allergies, you're not going to want to sleep in a barn that has a whole bunch of hay in it. Interesting. So that was just a really bad alibi. And like the another few other details. This is kind of like more small town gossip. But he would kind of, like, years after, he would when he would be talking about this, the murders to, like, um, people in the bar, he would be, like, talking about it in first person, like he was there doing the killings. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said, you know, if, if you're drinking alcohol, maybe someone was just like, oh, the way he was talking, it was like he was there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's just a little, uh, but. Well, we don't know. He could have done it. Yeah, he could have done We're it. We're not sure. Um, so that's, I most likely think it's Schlittenbauer, but we don't know. Um, and here are some suspicions. So nothing was actually stolen from the house, which if if somebody lived in that house for the couple days, they would have time to steal. They would have time to like go through things, take, take jewelry, take money, take farm tools. So the murders weren't thought to be a robbery because nothing was taken. No, just intentional murders yeah. killing the family off yeah oh and one other thing i should have mentioned this when we talk about schlittenbauer but so he had initially claimed that he was the father for yosef but then he t- had taken it back well victoria just really br- like right before the murders victoria had actually started she was about to take schlittenbauer to court for paternity so that's a reason that that's a motive that's a motive yeah so that's it was probably him I think it was him. I think it was. Um, so that is the story of um, the Hinterkaifeck murders. That is our messy story of the Hinterkaifeck murders. That is right. Yeah, it's pretty messy, but you know, we got it. So Aren't all our stories messy? That's yeah. okay. I, I think those who actually listen and put up with us. So did you ever, did you like come across any of the photos of the crime scene? No, but you tell me they're pretty gruesome. Yeah, so, okay, they're creepy and gruesome, but in ways you wouldn't, at least you wouldn't expect. Like, I saw the photos, and you don't see, like, at least I didn't, I saw maybe pieces of their, like, half of their head. Mm. But, like, that wasn't, it wasn't super bloody or gory. It was just, like, the photo, this was, this was in 1922. The photos were so grainy, and I think, like, old photos are, are kind of creepy. Like, yeah, a little bit. Especially, because, like, okay, so they're, they're not clear, they're grainy. You know, like, here's somebody laying here. With Maybe a it's because your imagination head. runs yeah, wild with you. I think it's the imagination. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, if if you are, some people don't like looking at photos. And if you are one of those people. <laughs> don't know, look these don't, up. Don't look at the photo. You know, everyone has I'll probably thing. look them up. Stuff like that doesn't bother me. Well, I, when, when you were doing research, I saw the photos. Like, they were just kind of like, hello, hello. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, you know, maybe these web sh- websites just kind of tuck these photos away. But. Great. You got anything else with this? Um, oh, this is, um, I thought this was kind of funny. But so my brother, I texted him and I was like, hey, do you know the Hinterkaifeck murders? Because mm-hmm. my, my brother's really big into history. He's really big, all history. And then he's really big into German history because we are German. 
And he actually, when I texted him, he was getting his wisdom teeth out and he was like under anesthesia. Uh-huh. And um, my sister-in-law, I'm guessing with my sister-in-law, she answered um, me back from his phone. And she's like, what did he say? I'm, or what did she say? I'm going to pull it up. But I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> John is unable to text right now. No, that wasn't it. No? No. Let me see. Okay. Um... He said, he is out at the moment from surgery, but he nodded yes. And I'm like, of course my brother, who is probably drugged. What a nerd. <laughs> he's, he's drugged, but he, he still knows the hinterkeit like, that yes. murdered. Yes, I do. And then my sister-in-law texted me a photo of John, of my brother, John. Aww. Um, he, he looks drugged. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, yeah he's got his wisdom teeth out. That's right. I thought that was hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure people are not listening anymore because who wants to hear about my brother? <laughs> Eh, you never know. All right, so that's everything we got, I guess. No, that's right. Um, I can't tell you my sources this week because I am terrible and I never write them down, but I saw a few good articles out there. So I if you want to look Wikipedia up... and a few others, I'm sorry. Yeah, if you want to look up this uh, this murder, it's pretty interesting. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, I also thought... Okay, so this is... I'm sorry, one more thing. One more thing. So this is kind of like Germany's, like... Um, Jack the Ripper. Like, this is their mm-hmm. most, like, gruesome, infamous, like, murder. It's unsolved, so that adds. Mm-hmm. But um, there's, like, no movies about it. Like, I'm I think it's, like, a made-for-TV movie, but, like, yeah. this could, like, this could potentially be, like, a good a movie. Big, yeah. A good, big movie. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So, someone needs to get on this. <laughs> get on it, people. Get on it, Germany. <laughs> All right. So, since we have nothing else to say, I guess we are done. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Generic True Crime Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as our Instagram at a generic underscore true underscore crime underscore podcast.